Hello and welcome to the Year of Golf podcast. My name is Elliot Brown and it is my mission to inspire people to invest in golf. These podcasts are audio recordings of articles by the same name, which I post on LinkedIn. The Year of Golf articles are designed to provide golf industry insights to those who love playing the game, as well as to those who are interested to discover how golf could play a part in them achieving their commercial ambitions or business goals. Should you wish to follow the transcript of the podcast or check out the links and images that are relevant to the topics discussed in this episode, the link to each article can be found in the description of the podcast. If you are new to the podcast, consider subscribing via your relevant platform so you do not miss a beat from the world of golf. And if you like what you hear, it would be fab if you would leave a rating or a review because if the internet knows you like this podcast, it's more likely to share these insights with other like-minded people too. Any views or opinions expressed in this article belong to those who feature within it and do not represent the views of my employer. Imagine stacking the shelves of a supermarket, not knowing when people would walk those aisles again, or rehearsing a play for a run in a theatre, not knowing if anyone will take their place in the auditorium. Now imagine having to work through all four seasons of the year, maintaining a golf course for no golfers, and any lapses of concentration or motivation could unravel years, if not decades, of hard work. Our course managers and greenkeepers have had a crazy year. At the time of this article being published, we have just passed the anniversary of the first lockdown in March 2020, giving many greenkeepers, no matter how experienced, a time to reflect on the most challenging year of their careers. To provide an insight from the front line, over the last couple of months, I have asked four greenkeepers in the south of England to share their challenges and successes from 2020 and provide a moment of hope for better playing surfaces in 2021. Sam Evans is course manager at North Hans Golf Club in Fleet, Hampshire, the childhood golfing home of Justin Rose. I've been a big fan of Sam's work for a number of years and first had the pleasure of experiencing Sam's playing surfaces at Fullwell Golf Club near Twickenham. Sam's work at Fullwell resulted in the Middlesex Members Club having some of the best playing surfaces in all of the London boroughs and provided a brilliant reference for his new employers down the M3 motorway. To extend the Hampshire theme, Matt Plested is course manager at Stoneham Golf Club. I met Matt whilst I was a member at Muzzle Hill Golf Club where he was the course manager. Matt made the move back down to Hampshire to champion the exceptional layout at Stoneham and has managed one of the most ambitious golfing projects during the pandemic. But more on that later. After putting Ealing Golf Club on the map with some of the slickest greens in the UK, Greg Evans works with a number of golf clubs across the southeast of England as a consultant agronomist, advising greens committees, general managers and course managers on how they can achieve their agronomic goals. Greg's insight into how different clubs and course managers handled the pandemic gives a unique perspective and certainly provides plenty of value to us and this article. Finally, I could not share stories of managing a golf course during COVID-19 if I did not share the experiences of my colleagues Philip Chiverton, golf course and estates manager, and Jonathan Taylor, head greenkeeper, 
at The Grove in Hertfordshire. I work with Philip and Jonathan every day, and for those who might not be familiar with The Grove, the challenges do differ slightly to other greenkeeping teams across the UK. The Grove does not have any members and is a true pay-and-play golf course. However, where the Grove lacks in recognisable member-led committees, it makes up in dozens, if not hundreds, of high and unique expectations every day. Enough of my personal references, let's meet our contributors and learn more about their day-to-day -day challenges pre-pandemic to give us some perspective on how their lives were all about to change. Hi everyone, my name is uh, Greg Evans. I'm a consultant agronomist and I work for around 40 odd clubs, predominantly in the southeast of England. The challenge that I see um, golf courses face or turf managers face on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that's uh, you know pre-COVID or um, after COVID is uh, golf. Golf is that challenge because ultimately uh, course managers are trying to find that balance between performance and how the golf course plays and feels and the uh, enjoyment for the golfer and agronomy, making sure that everything is sustainable and carries on year on year. Albeit not related, Sam and Greg Evans have worked together during Sam's tenure at Fullwell Golf Club and Sam sings to a similar tune. My name is Sam Evans and I'm course manager at North Hants Golf Club based in Fleet. Golf is always a constant pressure, whether that's early tee times, whether that's two tee starts, whether that's competitions. And then you sort of tie that in with growth as well in the season. I think it's a it's a big balancing act. When I go around a golf course, whether it was whether it's here or whether it was what, where I was previously, you're always looking for areas for improvement. And as we all know, um, our workloads are very much dictated by uh, the golf course and the golf course sort of decides what it is we do and when we do it. My name is Matt Plested. I'm the course manager of Stoneland Golf Club. We're the same as most clubs. The day-to-day uh, -day challenges tend to be just getting ahead of the golf. Before COVID came along, that was our biggest aim. Get the team in, team briefings, make sure everything's set up the day before so we can get a quick start. Every minute seems to count because golf gets faster and faster, especially two balls. Just staying ahead of golf has always been our, our big challenge to make sure we can present the golf course as good as we can. In recent weeks, Philip Chiverton celebrated his 20th anniversary at The Grove. For context, The Grove has only been open for 18 years. In 2001, Philip was employed to lay the foundations of the Kyle Phillips golf course we play today, and his loyalty and mastery has provided us with some of the most high-performing and consistent playing surfaces in the UK. In that time, Philip has supported the development of some of the UK's finest emerging greenkeepers. In 2016, on the relative eve of hosting the European Tour's British Masters, Jonathan Taylor joined the Grove after spells at Quail Hollow and then most recently as assistant superintendent at Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in America. My name is Jonathan Taylor. I am the head greenkeeper at the Grove here in Hertfordshire. I think pre-COVID was, was kind of setting up for an ever-changing resort golf course. Um, being willing to adapt to changes on the day with our corporate events, changes in tea times and earlier players going off, um, and just general goings on around the property. You know, we've got a football pitch here as well as a really busy estate with, with trails and Segway trails and walking trails. So. It's quite a diverse role for the team. There's lots going on other than just the golf course. 
In the days leading up to the 23rd of March 2020, the first day of the UK lockdown, there was much uncertainty. I remember my last day in the office. I remember saying goodbye to my colleagues, believing we would see each other again in a month's time. And I remember my last round of golf, not knowing I would not hit a golf ball again for two months. Fast forward to Sunday the 10th of May 2020. Boris Johnson and the UK government announced that golf clubs could reopen again from the 13th of May 2020, giving course managers effectively two days to make their courses ready for play and kickstart the golfing boom. It's been the busiest I've ever ever been. I think uh, we had the first lockdown and then after that golf just boomed. I think it was really tough to get on golf courses. Uh, golf courses were rammed dawn till dusk and you know, that made our window of opportunity for work even smaller. That was Sam Evans speaking to the challenges due to the increased volume of golf played coming out of lockdown. But like many people, the way in which people would work was changing. Those who have been exposed to the life of a greenkeeper will know that the hours are unsocial, the weather conditions can often be tough, and it's the camaraderie between greenkeepers that can often make the job bearable. Matt Plested shares those challenges. The level of golf was our, probably our biggest challenge. Every single tee time booked up weeks in advance. Every minute, every daylight hour, there was people on the golf course. The, uh, the way the staff would run changed massively. The way that you set the team up, now you're having to use WhatsApp groups instead of uh, team briefings like you would before. I find that really hard, not having everyone in the same place every morning, you know, not talking about the weather, looking at the tee sheet. You have to do it all the night before on the phone, and it's, I find that hard. It is undeniable that if it's permitted to identify any positives as a result of this clearly tragic pandemic, the golf industry has experienced a monumental boom. Data shows in September 2020, according to Golf Now, the number of rounds booked increased by 97% compared to the previous year. I can certainly validate that level of increase by the number of rounds that were booked at the Grove last year. However, I can also speak to the experiences of a golf club member. When golf returned, only two balls were permitted, and although the experience of playing at your local club may have been compromised by following a very deliberate one-way system and not being able to enjoy a post-round drink, the community feel of my golf club accelerated last year. Greg Evans has been a member at Ealing Golf Club in West London since his junior days and speaks to a very similar experience. Uh, my home club Ealing had a 49% uh, play increase during the months of uh, May till uh, the end of October. The golf clubs um, that did reasonably well uh, in 2020 was the ones that you know valued their products really um, because the main thing that I saw come back was that uh, community spirit and the golfers really wanted to go and play the game and feel part of a golf club again because um, a lot of golf clubs uh, stopped using uh, visitors to come and play their course so it became very much a members only uh, facility and that really brought home a community spirit so I think the golf clubs that were well prepared for that the ones that had been you know valuing their products over a number of years and then when this pandemic came, it wasn't so much for a shot for them. I think the flip side to that, the golf clubs that, um, you know, were really sort of in the middle market, 
um, and then this pandemic came and then you had the boom in golf. Um, what I'm hoping is that they now realise that actually the core members, the core golfer that plays are the ones that, uh, you know, that we, we we look after because I think sometimes we we always worry about new members and forget about retention and looking after our existing members. Managing the day-to-day -day challenges of a golf course, I assume, is tough. Managing and motivating a team during the hard times, I assume again, is not a walk in the park. Now imagine starting a new job, being introduced to a new team, whilst being handed a bible of new working regulations as a result of COVID-19. These were the circumstances of Sam Evans, who joined the team at North Hans Golf Club in May 2020, days before golf's return. I think for me personally, my biggest challenge was the fact that I'd walked into a team of 10 guys that I didn't know at all and I haven't really, hadn't really had the opportunity to, uh, to create a relationship outside of work. The ability to just, just take the team or the department for a meal or a pint or just to build that rapport with the team uh, and even colleagues at, at the golf club, you know, other HODs, the bar staff, the, you know, the GM, the assistant GM, just anyone at the club. It was really difficult to create any sort of social rapport with anyone. With regards to the actual role itself, um, the first lockdown gave me the opportunity to get a really decent um, irrigation audit done um, and Due to there being no golf, I sort of made it a bit of a family, uh, family job. And at weekends and evenings, we'd head out onto the course with the kids and the wife, and I'd go around to each head, put them up, and we, I'd measure the arcs and see what condition the heads are in, and write down a bit of an action plan. And and yeah, so we made it a little bit of a, a sort of bit of family time, if you like, while I was still auditing the irrigation. I think from that point of view, it really gave me an opportunity to take stock and really focus on the irrigation because I think if we'd have been open and we'd have had competitions and you know presentation would have been important I don't think I would have had the opportunity to spend so much time focused on on one area I think. Although no one could complain about the overnight thirst for golf, doubling the number of golfers on your golf course doubles the number of pitch marks, doubles the number of divots and doubles the amount of wear and tear on the walk-on walk-off areas the team at the Grove have regularly prepared the golf course for a full tee sheet pre-pandemic, but the challenges of 2020 were like nothing they've had to manage before. Post-Covid, it's obviously had a huge impact on the business and the way we conduct ourselves. Last year and this year, probably moving forward, there's set of challenges we've not, we've not ever had in the past. Um, you know, we're now setting up for more residential and individual tee times as opposed to our large corporate a shotguns and two tees you know we've got smaller crews on the course you know working split shifts guys having to work more efficiently as you know we've got a smaller crew and ma making compromises as to what's really essential day to day and not so much of a nice to do um you know making sure those those essential bits is, is really making the most of the guy's time and is going to make an impact on you know our guest journey expectations on the golf course have still been as high as they they would typically have been so it's trying to be more resourceful and working in a different manner as to not affect you know surface condition or presentation in most years course managers across the world would schedule a week or two of essential maintenance works to support the golf course during its busiest spells, as well as preparing the surfaces for the turbulent British winters. However, how do you tell golfers with the bit between their teeth 
and general managers who are trying to make up club sustaining revenues that the golf course will have to shut or the golfer experience compromised as a consequence of needing to work on the golf course when you've just had a couple of months of the golf course to yourselves. It's all about balance and something Sam Evans has had to find quickly at North Hans. I think from an agronomy point of view, it just does go to show that it is a living, breathing, breathing, evolving beast and it is flexible. Um, and maybe previously I got into a bit of a routine of, well, this week we do that, next week we do that and following month we do that type thing. Whereas this year has really taught me that it can be flexible. I mean, don't get me wrong, it all still needs doing, but normally I like to do a renovation week in the first and second weeks of March on greens, tees and approaches. However, obviously, hopefully we're potentially looking at reopening uh, some, sometime around early to mid-March. So we don't want to be doing renovations when golf comes back. So we're going to bring it forward um, to, to February. We let the greens rest a little bit during the, the first lockdown. We raised the height of cut up. We, um, we've done a, a bit of aeration work, took advantage of the weather and, and got lots of top dressing on. We put a granular feed on, which is was something that I don't normally do at that time of year, but it, you know, um, they looked really healthy for a long time because of that. I was really pleased with the amount of bent grass that came through during lockdown. I couldn't believe how much bent we got on the greens. It really, it really did thrive when there was no one around. Um, I was really surprised actually. It took me back a little bit of how quickly it came in. I've always thought it would take years and years and years, but I suppose with no golf and doing the right things, it, it, it thrived. That was Matt from Stoneham Golf Club sharing the importance of carrying out effective work during forced course closures. If, like me, you're an avid weekend golfer, you have probably braved the elements and attempted to shoot within 10 shots of your handicap on a wet and bitter Saturday morning in January. I'm not sure any golfer can say they genuinely enjoy their golfing experience whilst wearing six swing-restricting layers, but for some reason, it doesn't stop us from playing, squelching with every step, and possibly damaging our precious links. If the pandemic has opened our eyes to anything, it might be to how important rest is to the long-term condition of our golf courses, especially during the wet and cold months of winter. Greg Evans has many cases to reference the importance of rest, and he's able to provide an interesting perspective on the issue. What I found really good, now this could be bad, seem bad from a business point of view, but good from a, from a golf uh, point of view, is that in golf, we don't have a, have a down season. So cricket, you have a, you know, a shut season, you can do your renovations, then come and go and play cricket, same with football, same with rugby. But in golf, we're playing 52 weeks of the year, 365 days uh, a year. And we switch from seasons without any any downtime. Again, without golf, it became very productive. And the number I've sort of worked out is, um, you know, productivity is affected by about 40% with golf. So that's a huge difference and uh, really allows teams during these little, um, you know, hopefully if it is in the, in the future, short periods um, to do their renovations, do any, you know, small project works and then you can flip from one season to the other. The comparisons to other sports that also rely on sound agronomy is interesting. Albeit we can play golf in every season, are we compromising our experiences during the peak golfing months by not protecting our surfaces when they need rest most? 
There are some famous examples of golf clubs deciding to close during the winter or a couple of months, and often this is a direct consequence of the local climate. But if the business model changed to allow for a course or club closure in January, for example, would the golfer get better playing surfaces and or better value in the long term? Greg mentions the course closures enabling course managers to complete small projects, but no one could have foreseen that the timing of the lockdown would be so perfect to actually accelerate a project's recovery. Well, these were the circumstances of Philip and Jonathan, who oversaw one of the biggest renovation projects in the Grove's modest history. Started in January 2020 to do a full bunker reconstruction, um, removing our current grass lines, reshaping, rebuilding, and then regrassing um, every bunker on the golf course, you know, softening some of the noses on the bunkers and making them more visible from the tee in some places, and then just completely reshaping reshaping others. We're doing this with Kyle Phillips, the golf course designer, and MJ Abbotts. So the, the works for the bunker project really allowed them to settle in. Um, obviously, we, we turfed the entire entirety of the bunker, so you know, play going in and out of them was always going to be a bit of a challenge. So obviously, us not having any golf for a few months, you know, really helped that, that turf to root in and, and solidify itself. We also did a 200 square meter putting green extension. Obviously, that probably wouldn't have been in play for when we first would have had golf back in finishing the project. So again, that really allowed that to bed in. Um, we used turf from our nursery there. Um, so it wasn't a case of trying to grow that in. So it allowed us to settle settle with that and, and get it to you know, the, the same standard as the greens. So as golfers came back, it was it was it was a new green compared to what they'd seen before. You know, we also extended our, our fifth tee, connected our, our pro tee up to the normal the normal gold tee. You know, we started to build a hydroponics tee down on the fifth as well, which hopefully we'll have in play for the start of this year. But kind of allowed us to to get around the site without disturbing play um, and get some of these these projects over the line. In 2017, Stoneham Golf Club devised plans to introduce a new driving range, short game area, and internal teaching facility to cement its status as a premier UK venue. After a staggering start, the project was due to conclude in 2020. But you may have guessed by now that project manager Matt could not have foreseen the project derailing hurdles that COVID-19 presented. The driving range project's been a massive project for the club, a huge project. We did get a letter from the Secretary of State telling us to continue working during lockdown, which we did, uh, and the project had to stay live because it was most of it was coming from government sites like uh, motorway extensions uh, for the fill. Um, unfortunately, with the lockdowns and uh, and the way the industry moved, we um, our amount of lorries slowed right down. We went from um, 2019 was an average of 75 lorries a day. Uh, down to about 40, 45 lorries, which is a huge difference. And, and we lost probably seven weeks. And as anyone knows, losing seven weeks going into the winter period, you just can't catch that up. So um, we stopped the project in October uh, just because the 227 mil of rain just it slowed the project right up. And it's, um, it's now on hold till April. Annoyingly, very, very close to the finish line. The range building is being built as we speak, and that's, what, that's what's going to be ready when the members come back. Obviously, we can't use it yet until the range is fully finished and grown in, but it's been an amazing project. So despite golf courses experiencing high traffic in 2020, 
By the time golf returns in England on the 29th of March 2021, our golf courses will have been closed in total over the last year for five to six months. With all those opportunities for renovation and priming the surfaces for spring, surely I can expect every golf course to be in the purest condition they have ever been. Will playing surfaces be better in 2021? I think for you, you know your, your, your greens and approaches, I think I'd like to think they're they're all good anyway. Um, but I'd like to think they're going to be where we want them. With golfers knowing that there hasn't been golf on the golf courses for a certain period of time, it's going to be difficult not for them to expect uh, perfect conditions. But I think what everyone's got to consider is that the soil still gets saturated from you know rainfall, frosts, and and even this year we've had a bit of snow. One of the main messages greenkeepers are keen to get out to the everyday golfer ahead of golf's return in England on the 29th of March is yes, greenkeepers have managed to invigorate and prepare playing surfaces in a way that hasn't been possible for many years. But ultimately, the great British winter hasn't disappointed in providing tough and unrelenting weather conditions that do not support grass growth and many other key presentation and playability factors. Speaking in February, Matt Plested and Jonathan Taylor share the realities of preparing a golf course during the winter months. You know, if golf courses open tomorrow, in the middle of February, it won't be perfect. You know, they won't be, it's still winter, it's still wet, it's not pretty out there yet. It will be. And I think, you know, that we've already, the amount of damage that we've saved through this winter period is huge. And it's, you know, but if you're ever going to have a lockdown period, now's the time to have it. You know, if, you, if in life you had to choose a moment when the golf course should be empty, it's the moment when it probably would be closed. Even despite the, the pretty shocking weather we've had, we, we've had an opportunity to, to renovate in some cases and protect the surfaces at an ideal time of year. And there's, there's very little recovery. You know, currently we sit at three great degree days year to date. You know, that with 80 golfers a day, resulting in some pretty heavy wear across the golf course on tee boxes and greens and walk-on, walk-offs. So to be able to protect those areas through the last you know few months with the November closure as well has been quite key. On whether golfers can expect to find better playing services in 2021, I, I think absolutely yes. Uh, because right up until lockdown three, uh, golf courses were even for one month of play you know obviously we had October and then we had lockdown two in November and then we had one month of play in December and by the end of December with the weather golf courses were just churned up so this this period January and February and what we're hoping is uh, middle of March that we get golf back out there uh, you know I've seen a change in the way golf courses are looking from the end of December to where they are looking now in the first week of February so I would expect um, a good playing season 2021. The last 12 months has certainly reignited my desire to play more golf not just for the sport but for the community the camaraderie and the challenge but also to see our golf courses again. The vaccine does seem to be our way out of this nightmare. And although we still have a long way to go in living with this disease, a life resembling something close to normal does appear to be closer than ever. Executives within the golf industry have had a topsy-turvy time of it over the last 12 months. But the work of our greenkeepers should be hailed upon golf's return. And the four experts that have joined us today are looking forward to a simpler 2021. 
Well, I hope I, I talk on behalf of all of my colleagues here at the Grove, but we are hoping for a really busy year. Hopefully no further restrictions that resulted in us having full T-sheets, the sun shining, and hopefully a return to our corporate golf offerings as the restrictions are eased. 2020 was, was just a real challenge for everyone, and it's great to see how people have come together, you know, not only personally, but on a business level as well. You know, the industry, I, I'd say, is probably gone from strength to strength this year you know more people using social media and, and connecting online you know more road shows from you know bigger GCSAA and, and turf care you know offering these free seminars to people so they can continue learning in, in that way as they're stuck at home we've got some new apprentices to start their level twos a couple of our assistants are starting their level threes and, and some and some spraying qualifications to do so if we can have everyone back in and we can get back to our everyday jobs, less restrictions, and, and hopefully get out and do some team visits and golf days as, as, as well when we are super busy on the golf course. So I'm hoping 2021, very similar to 2019. The ambitions I see for 2021 uh, for golf clubs um, is, is to, you know, have a good product. I think it's going to be full on for greenkeeping teams and that's what i'm saying to a lot of teams at the moment is uh, actually enjoy this period uh, because it's a quiet period get everything prepped up don't overstretch yourselves because once golfers goes back out there you know we're hoping with the uh, vaccine program and the better weather obviously the pressure on the virus reduces so we should have a good period of golf knowing that golfers and members haven't had uh, their golf course available to them for a certain period of months in the past 12 months. I think it's important to remember that and that, you know, 2021 should really be a year where we offer as much golf as we can to the highest standard we can. I think uh, everyone's going to be keen to play golf in 2021 and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, it'll be quite a golfing boom. I do feel lucky and blessed that I was able to get out of my mental health, be outside and uh, on the golf course and have space and and you know some kind of normal structure even though it was different you know small teams and different start times and different lunches and and things like that at the same time i also feel quite guilty that i didn't get to spend as much time with my family as others have you know i've seen friends of mine that have been on furlough and they've been able to do amazing things with their children every day because they've had that opportunity which they've probably never got in their lifetime again to spend a lot of time with their children and be paid for it when your child asks you why you're not home like the rest of the dads um it's quite heartbreaking maybe if i look back i'd have done things slightly different uh maybe i'd have worked more early and got away earlier but at the same time it was really nice to have not have the pressures of getting up at four o'clock five o'clock every morning so it swings and rounds routes. i think matt really brings it home there many of us have benefited from a forced sabbatical during this pandemic but there are many more people who have suffered from the mental fatigue of losing a job, not working since last March, or being overworked. I don't get the impression from any of these men that they do not love what they do. And it is that persistent quest for better that drives and focuses our course managers and their teams to commit to taming their living, breathing and evolving beasts, as Sam Evans puts it, for your enjoyment. So the next time you are on the golf course, either as a dew sweeper or chasing the vanishing twilight, there's a high chance you will come into contact with one of your greenkeepers. 
and it might not hurt to throw a wave their way, or step aside for a chat, to thank them for preserving your much-loved golf course whilst you've been away. As a golfer, you join a timeless community made up of people of varying skills and abilities. But our greenkeepers are the true artists of our industry. Thank you to you all.